Welcome to the Confidence and Eating Podcast with me, your host, Denise Wogan from Foodie Nutrition. This podcast is the place for busy moms to regain their confidence in eating, in feeding, and in yourself as you survive motherhood. Everyone's experience with intuitive eating will be different, as everyone is different. Over the course of 10 weeks, I will be helping you to understand this self-care eating framework, which promises to improve your relationship with food. Episode 10 of the first season, the final one, and we are at the final principle of intuitive eating. So we've been talking all about that central piece in intuitive eating, which is that unconditional permission to eat, rejecting some of what you have learned and thought to be true, possibly all of your life, that your health and your wellness depends on the size of your body. We are looking at making peace with food, building that relationship so that that food police doesn't get a chance to get involved in your eating choices. Once we've got that unconditional permission to eat, we move into relying on our internal hunger and satiety cues. This is the piece that I feel like you never really have to look to a diet anymore because you've got your own hunger and you've got your own fullness. And from all the women that I've worked with when they describe satisfaction to me, I can safely say to you, you have got your own satisfaction for every single one of them and myself included. What I find satisfying is very, very different. So therefore no diet or no meal plan can ever tell me what's enough for me. When I get closer to understanding what my satisfaction is, when you get closer to understanding what satisfaction means to you, then you don't need to worry about numbers or sizes or when you should eat. And the final part that we talked through were eating for our physical health and our physical reasons rather than emotional. So we were looking at coping with emotions. What else can we put in there? What can we add? And we looked at body respect. We looked at movement. And the final piece is where we're at today in gentle nutrition. And it's probably a good time to give you a reminder of why I'm here, why I practice intuitive eating and why I practice as a coach. Because I went to study nutrition and I I read the science and I understood what the science meant. And I tried very, very hard to practice many of the different routines or suggestions or plans or diets uh, that were out there for me to support my health. And I could never stick to any of them. I don't know anyone. I genuinely hand my heart. I really don't know anyone who's stuck to keto or who's stuck to intermittent fasting for longer than one, two years. If you know someone, please introduce me. I have never met anyone and it was not my experience that anyone could live by strict, rigid rules. And when I found and I happened across intuitive eating, I found myself at home because I understood at that point that peace inside me that knew what to eat. I knew what to eat that felt good for me. I understood finally how to hear that, how to make sense of it and how to use it to support my health. So does it mean that I go out and I eat chips and burgers every day of the week? No, but it also doesn't mean that I don't eat chips and burgers. The black and white, the pendulum, which was swinging over and back voraciously 
through the times of trying and trying and trying has finally settled with intuitive eating, but not just intuitive eating, with the ability to be able to manage my mind, to be able to work with my thoughts, be able to work and process each time I get catapulted back into an old way of thinking. And I was speaking about this with a client yesterday, but how much we get pulled back into that old way of thinking and we just get confused. We just get stuck because even when we do take on intuitive eating, even when we do decide that we're going to look after ourselves according to this wonderful self-care framework, when we get to gentle nutrition, when we get to the part that's going to change some of the ways that we eat and some of the foods that we eat, we really feel so afraid that we're going to fall back into the trap of dieting. We almost feel like we're going to let intuitive eating down if we do this part of maybe rethinking how much vegetables we get in, or maybe rethinking, do we even get enough time to sit down and eat our meals or thinking, um, do I need some more protein because I'm working out more or thinking about, wow, what have I done to support my gut? So that's where the coaching comes in. Your mind and your body, they are connected. In the practice of yoga, it's all about connecting that mind and body and seeing what's the body saying, what reliable information is our mind giving us. And from there, I just make an informed choice. And an informed choice that's right for me, that allows me to feel safe and doesn't push me beyond my boundary limits. So that's why I'm here. I understood the science, but I understood that that science needed to be brought into people's lives to support them, to change behaviorally what they were doing, not to force them. So we're here talking about being healthier when we love our food, being healthier psychologically and physically when we love our food not less. And that's a wonderful quote from Michelle Stacy, who wrote why Americans love, hate and fear food. So oftentimes we, we see in the media or we see highlighted across the, the channels that food doesn't matter in intuitive eating. In fact, it's actually quite the opposite. The thing about intuitive eating and self-coaching and understanding and managing your mind is that if you have struggled with diets, before you go and look after yourself, we need to build that solid foundation that you are not on that pendulum swinging over and back, that you actually, as I spoke to another client yesterday, that you actually learn how to trust your choices because it's the overthinking and the not trusting yourself that is creating the harm for you. The science does show us that nutrition is important. But you have to learn how to take that nutrition information and trust your nutrition informant, trust your mind that the piece that sounds good to you, this piece that sounds relevant, not all the pieces, we just start with one piece and believe that's enough, that that's the right one. And you can only do that by trusting yourself. Answer yourself honestly. Do you trust yourself? Do you trust yourself to know what to eat? So we're going to go through three pieces today, and I'm going to talk to you about the first concept that I really want you to remember when it comes to gentle nutrition. Most people in my earliest days of practicing as nutritional therapists, most of the women that I met were actually hungry. So the very first thing I do is figure out how hungry 
a woman is. Are they waking up a lot, particularly around 4 a.m.? Are they having sugar cravings in the evening? Are they irritable, emotional, waking up after sleep, but still feeling tired, always needing a coffee, feeling that slump at four o'clock, having digestive struggles? These are all some of the signs that tell me you're not eating enough. So the first thing that we work on is really building great foundations, balancing I know sometimes we're getting sick of that word balance, but we are looking to balance the blood sugars that are going into your body. We are looking to create consistency over time that your body trusts and believes and knows that you are going to feed it day in, day out. And over time, what you will notice is that your body asks for less food. So we start at the bottom of building those good foundations of making sure we have a good flow of energy into the body. I've said it before, and I know I'm going to say it a hundred times again, you would not drive your car to Cork without putting petrol in your tank or diesel, or maybe it's electricity. You survive, many women survive right now without enough petrol in their tank. So once we have our blood sugars balanced, we look at, well, let's make sure that this digestive system of ours is working well. And once that's working well, we look at our lifestyle. What are the supporting measures that we have in our life to ensure that that energy going in is being digested and absorbed and put to good use? How is, what are the other resources that we have? And usually at the end, we have a quick chat about what protein, fats and carbs are and how you might like to have more of some and less of others so that your body feels better and you feel like that fuel that you're putting in your tank is working and running efficiently. So that's what we do. We spend so much time on balancing your energy, making sure that you're eating enough so that you hit less of those highs when wired or jittery on edge and emotional, tired, irritable, losing focus. You hit less of those And you spend more time feeling calm and relaxed. You're feeling good energy flowing through your body. And you have clarity and focus in the actions that you're doing. Supporting digestion is the second area I want to draw your attention to. You know, if you followed me from the start, that this is why I went back um, to study nutrition. I went back. The first thing I said in my first day of nutrition college was... um, to explain why I was there. And I was there because I wanted to bring pleasure back to to all the people in the world in their food. I wanted to bring the pleasure into their eating. And actually what I didn't realize is that I wanted to bring the pleasure into my own first. Or what I didn't realize I had to do was to bring the pleasure back into my own eating. If you've ever struggled with your digestive system, you will understand that it is something that is silent. It is something that to the world and on the outside, you look absolutely fine and you will function really, really well. But on the inside, there will be days where you will be absolutely floored. There will be times that you will, you know, you'll try so hard to do all the stuff. You'll drink the the kefir juice. You'll you'll be uh, taking the fish oil. You'll be doing all the good stuff. And yet your body just doesn't work with you. I want you to remember What I learned and the most influential piece is that your gut and your brain are connected. We understand this in the science. Our brain and our gut are connected through the vagus nerve. So if you're singing, you're impacting your mood, you're impacting your microbial diversity, would you believe? You're impacting how your nutrients are going to be absorbed. You're impacting how your bowel movement is going to be on any given day. If you are stressed, 
you are also impacting all of those things. If you are making food choices that are one minute oh so good and the next minute you're can't get enough of the chippy and you know you've you've blown it so you've blown the rules so you've just fallen off and you're just going to eat everything that you told yourself you couldn't. If your food choices are erratic like that, you are impacting how your food is going to be absorbed. You are impacting that bowel and digestive function. You are impacting the diversity of this amazing thing we call the gut microbiome, which has been linked to supporting our health and which has an abundance of amazing research on that is very much so at the start. So we don't know it all yet, but we know that we can manipulate how we act through how we think and through what we eat and through the actions that we take, we can support our digestion. So when I work with people, we spend a lot of time talking about breathing. We spend a lot of time talking about singing, about dancing, about moving. And once we have built a solid foundation with our food, we spend a lot of time looking at what is it that I need to put into my diet? What can I add in that is going to support my gut? to function in a way that is helpful to promote my health or to promote good health. And I want to draw your attention to what we do know. Um, there was one really interesting study done by Kennelly, I think she is. Um, Kinsenelli, I'm sure you're really not too worried who she is. But for anyone who is, it's Riniella um, and about eight, eight other authors. And they looked at this microbiome, uh, which is really, really super cool. And what they found was as they studied the different kinds of diets, vegetarian diet, gluten-free diet, ketogenic diet, low FODMAP diet, and the Western diet, along with the Mediterranean diet, what they found that each one of the diets had an impact on our microbial diversity, some in positive ways, some in not so positive ways. What they really wanted to do was to figure out what way could we eat that would be optimal in supporting that diversity that is health boosting, that is immune boosting, and how can we make sure that that gut is functioning well. And what they found was that the Mediterranean type diet, which is really such a cool way of thinking about things, was the one that had the most health benefits and was the one that they called the evergreen solution to optimally create a healthy and what we understand to be a microbial diversity that is supportive of our health. So what is that Mediterranean style diet? Oh my God, it's one that thinks about eating all kinds of foods, a variety of foods in moderation learning to live our lives a little bit calmly think of you know and, and more as time has gone on we've pulled other cultures into this but really it was it's not the Mediterranean diet, it's the Mediterranean lifestyle that promotes the biggest impact on our microbiome. It's the fact that we balance what we eat, we respect our food, we have pleasure in our food, we moderate different parts of what we eat, we encourage variety. It works, the evidence shows it. It's actually a simple way of eating, not a shiny new diet. So that's what we do when we support our digestion. And the final piece. I want to share with you today is about snacks. Snacks are aimed to get us to our next meal to avoid low blood sugars. For me, I want to remind you that snacks are small. And maybe if your relationship with food has been erratic, you will lean into having more snacks. 
But maybe as you grow your relationship with food, you will notice that you tend to need them less. And it's really quite an interesting concept that when we really build our relationship with food, we spend less time thinking about food. We spend less time planning food. We spend less time worrying about what we should eat because we understand that we feed ourselves according to our own hunger, fullness and satisfaction. So typically when we reach satisfaction, we tend to snack less. But what the other thing is, if, if you're at the early days of intuitive eating or maybe we're balancing your energy into your body, you may need to snack. And sometimes I would say this to people, if you're coming home from work and you've had a really long day, a next thing you're facing into the next job you have which is your family and the runs and the activities, a snack might prevent you overeating later that night, or it might prevent you undereating. So snacks can be functional when you know there's a time that you can't eat for whatever reason, but your body calling is calling for more energy because it's just tired. It's done a lot of work already in that day and it just needs something. So there's a funny old relationship with snacks. And this is really to remind you again, gentle nutrition is the only principle that we have to do at the very end from what I've learned and what I've seen in my mentorship, because we have the groundwork to do. We've got to get rid of that, you know, clear out the closet, clear out the mind of all the unhelpful rules and um, thoughts that we have about what way we should eat until we get to a level playing field. And then we have that building of that intuition, that building of that wisdom that says, okay, I'm hungry, I'm full and I'm satisfied. I'm done now. And then we have to get our logical mind, our brain that has taken in some nutrition information that is supportive of our health. And we have to use it in a way that's going to support our body and our life. Snacks might be beneficial for you. They might not. It's a very personal thing that we need to discuss together. So what I would say to you is if you do find yourself where you've gotten to the end of this and you're like, wow, yeah, you know what? 10, 10 episodes later, I'm, I'm with Denise. I totally get it. I love this idea of intuitive eating. I do not want to diet anymore. Just can't face the thoughts of one anymore. I want to learn to honor my hunger. I want to learn to honor my health. I want to look after myself. I want to focus on my health goals. I want to invite you today to a masterclass I'm running on the 28th of February at 8 p.m. It is free and we are going to spend time figuring out a goal, maybe two goals for you that you can achieve for you and for your body around building a healthy relationship with food. If you've maybe started the year and you've gone all in like you've done every other year, only to realize that around the middle of February, you're going, shit, this isn't working again. And now you're feeling frustrated. Come with me. Come with me so that you can develop a healthy relationship with food. A healthy relationship with food means that you understand that foods are all nutritionally different, but you also understand that you can hear your thoughts and you can experience the sensations that you feel and you can make choice for yourself. You can take information and decide what would you like to fit into your life, what's possible to fit into your life and what's working well for you in your body. So there will be times in your life where your mind and your body are totally connected on what it is that it needs for you to eat. And there will be times in your life that your mind and your body will not be connected. Your body might have a specific nutrient need that it's calling and you just don't know how to trust that. This is where 
when you build that piece I mentioned before of trust, you can lean into that and you can go with what your instinct is telling you and you can see if it worked. And if it didn't, you can read out, reach out for more reliable information so that you can choose foods that you believe are healthier for you. And what does that mean? They make you feel better. They have an impact on how you feel, have an impact on how you are operating or existing in your life in a way that you have more energy, you have more vitality, you have more mojo to go about doing the things that are really meaningful for you. So ladies, don't waste your time overthinking what you need to eat, overthinking what you need to do to look after your health. Join me in this free masterclass so you can learn how to do bigger and better things. And so, my dear ladies, thank you so much for listening to my podcast, where you're learning a key life skill, how to understand yourself, how to make sense of the challenges that you face, and to use clarity and calm to find solutions in ways you may never have thought possible before and getting completely new and exciting results. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Foodie Nutrition. You can also find me on my website, www.foodie.ie. But please, because it's my mission to create a ripple, empowering women across the globe, across our little country in Ireland here, to really reflect on changing their relationship with food so that they can empower others to do the same like and share my podcast so they can learn from this experience too and if you have any question as we carry on on this journey together please do reach out to me 